Good morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to take them and turn with me to Exodus chapter 19 this morning as we continue on in our series in the book of Exodus, what I call Exit to Purpose and Promise. Welcome to Big Woods Bible Church online. And I know, I know that you are probably tired of me saying that. And I'm sure the questions are, when can we get back together again? That is a really, really, really good question. The elders have met this week. We have prayed together. And I do want to remind you that according to what we see in Scripture, that God has ordained for us governing authorities in Romans chapter 13. And we are doing the very best that we can, as hard as it is, to be the best citizens, to be the best examples, and Lord willing, the best testimonies to our community. So let me just assure you that although this has been a tough time, there's no doubt about it, and we miss being together, and I understand that, I miss you. I think, I think, and we are praying that we're on our very last kind of couple weeks, Lord willing, um, as we continue to follow the news and the numbers, uh, let me encourage you, don't be discouraged. We're, we're almost there. It has been a challenging journey, but don't give up. Don't, don't be discouraged, and don't be discouraging to others as well. This is less than ideal, we understand, but we'll do the best that we can to learn, to listen to the Word of God being preached. And I believe, just as we've seen in the book of Exodus, there's a bit of a, a wilderness journey for us. It's been hard for the Israelites this has been hard for us, but we are learning and, Lord willing, growing together. So just a little bit of an update, Lord willing, in the near future, we will be meeting together very, very soon. With that being said, let's bow our heads and, and pray and ask God to bless our time this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that we have a few minutes carved out of our week to focus entirely on you. We thank you, Lord, for this weekend as we celebrate Memorial Day tomorrow. We thank you for the, the people in the history of our country that have offered themselves, that have died for our freedom. We thank you for that. Father, I pray that we would never, ever become ungrateful for the many graces that you've given to us. Fathers, we're reminded of ones who, who die for the freedom of others. We cannot help but think of Jesus, who died on the cross for the forgiveness and freedom from our own sins. We thank you for that. We do pray, Lord, as was mentioned already this morning, for our dear brothers and sisters in Cruz Blanca, Guatemala. We just pray, Lord, that you would sustain and strengthen them, encourage them, help us to do all that we can to support them and assist them in this difficult time. Father, I pray as well as I know this, this season, this journey has been challenging for many. I would pray, Lord, that um, we would not listen to the whispers of the lie of the enemy, but Father, we would trust you, that we would see you, that we would learn more than ever before, that this would mark a, a chapter in our life, that we have, we have been strengthened in our faith. Father, I pray as well, even for this morning, as we open your word, I, I ask for help, that everything that, that I say and everything 
Lord, that is mentioned would direct attention to you and off of a person, but may the name of Jesus be exalted and may the body of Christ be edified and built up and strengthened. And most of all, Lord, may you be glorified. We ask this in the amazing and wonderful and matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Okay, where are we in our journey? Chapter, Exodus chapter 1, all the way through Exodus chapter 18, we have seen a pretty constant uh, list of problems, what I refer to as the plight of mankind. Uh, from the bondage of slavery to the brink of starvation, there has been times and seasons of aggravation and frustration, almost, almost, not entirely, but almost constant grumbling. Enemies have been attacking, and yet God has continued to show his patience, and he has offered grace to Israel on and in this wilderness journey. Specifically, God has rescued them. He has directed them. Remember the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire? God has protected them from enemies, provided water when they're thirsty and food when they're hungry. If you think about it, doesn't, doesn't all of that sound kind of familiar to us? Very similar to us. We too get hungry. We too, we get thirsty and we get grumbly. We get scared and we are attacked by an enemy of sin and death. We really are, like Israel and all of mankind have been and are in constant, we are in constant need. Whereas God, in complete completeness, he needs nothing. He needs nothing. And yet, as we have seen and as we will continue to see in our study, is that God still longs for, desires, and seeks us. I've been, I've been reading this book for a long time. I've been studying this book. I've been preaching and teaching this book for literally decades now, over two decades. And it still blows me away to think that God, in complete holiness, set-apartness, sacredness, all-knowing, all-powerful, desires, longs for us. God, God chases us and desires to be in relationship, close, personal relationship with, with little, tiny me and you. What's amazing is because of Jesus Christ, what's even more amazing is because of Jesus Christ, we, little tiny us, unholy us, are able to have a close personal relationship with God. You know, but up to this point in our series, um, the terms of that relationship have not yet been set. Sure, the people of Israel, they, they know Yahweh, but not like they are about to know Yahweh. That's what this chapter is about. Let, let me direct your attention to verse 1, Exodus chapter 19, verse 1, and I'll read down through verse 6 in our text this morning. On the third new moon, 
after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai. And they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. If we were to take the first portion of Exodus, chapter 1 through 18, and refer to them as, as the plight, the, the problems of mankind, this chapter right here, chapter 19, is the hinge chapter that points us from all of chapter 19 through chapter 40 of what we would see as the power of God and it begins right here when God stuns and we'll see that in just a moment we'll read about that God stuns the Israelites with his blazing holiness and overwhelming glory you know what today this day this little chapter that that is being written for our lives this spring of 2020 we need this. We need this. Because it is here that we will see the sheer might, the majesty, the greatness, the glory, what I refer to as the transcendence of God. You know, there, there's something that is within us or something natural, it's born within us that we are drawn to, we want to see, we need to be close to that which is big, that which is bigger, that which is beyond us. You know, that's why people will go to great lengths to travel to see the vastness and the greatness of the Grand Canyon. It's interesting that no one goes to the Grand Canyon and looks at what? The, the sheer brilliance, the, the sun just casting what? Unbelievable reflections on these multicolored towering cliffs. No one goes there and then talks about the fact that, yeah, you know, I got a 3.98 GPA. Nobody does that. Nobody stands against that kind of greatness. No one feels the spray on their face and the deafening thunderous roar of Niagara and says, yep, all conference, three years in a row. It just, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. Like, we don't do those things. No one stands at the foot of Everest. No one stands on the shore of the vastness of the ocean and brags about themselves. Why? Because we are like, we are so tiny. That's the transcendence of God. When we see big, oh, how 
how small do we feel? It's here in today's text that we see we are introduced to God who is so beyond us. And yet he wants us. He wants any and all of us. But we must, we must, we must see him bigger than we see ourselves. And we must see him more holy than we see ourselves. Exodus chapter 19. Yahweh is setting the terms of how we are to see him. Of how we are to be in relationship to him. And in, in this chapter we get a little glimpse. Just a little glimpse of glory. Number one, there is in this text a call to obedience. For all of us, there is a call to obedience. In total, you can kind of do the math here. It's only been about seven weeks, about 45 days since they have left Egypt. Now, it's interesting, it's really almost exactly the same time that we've been in our little wilderness journey. I think it's about eight weeks for us. And yet we know that in those, what, weeks, a lot has happened. And now they have traveled to, and they are at the base of Mount Sinai. Now we have to understand that this place here, where they're standing, is significant. You go all the way back to Exodus chapter 3. Remember when, when Moses was standing before a bush that was being burned, but it was not being consumed? And he hears a voice, Moses, take off your shoes. Why? God doesn't like shoes. No, no. Because, because the very ground that he was standing was holy ground. And God said this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 12. Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't Moses on Mount Horeb? Yeah. I believe and agree with the Protestant reformer John Calvin who took the view that Sinai and Horeb were actually the same mountain with two different peaks. The eastern side was Sinai and the western side was Horeb. Here in chapter 19 is the fulfillment of the sign that God gave at that time. I love the fact that God is always, always, always good to his word. But now they're here. The base of Sinai, they're here to meet God. They're, they're here to be introduced to their creator, to their rescuer. Some of you listening to this message, I would say, you know what? You are in need of being introduced to your creator. And what you will understand, like the Israelites, as we meet God, there are some expectations. There are some requirements. There are some conditions. Everyone is gathered at the base. Moses went up and the Lord called him. And he says, you tell the people to listen very carefully. The first thing out of God's mouth is this. If, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments. And then there's this list. You'll be my treasured possession. A kingdom of priests. You'll become a holy nation. What's interesting here is that this is referred to what 
if it's conditional, it's conditional language. And you realize that this whole conditional language thing is nothing new for us. We are conditioned with conditional language. We are raised with that idea. If you what? Go to bed on time. If you get up and make your bed. If you what? We live with this. If you study, you'll pass the test. If you what? Hit your sails. If, 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 if. So, so the idea here is that God is saying, if you obey me, this is a call to obedience. But what's interesting here is this, the specifics of what they're called to, the specifics of the law, the specifics of the covenant have not even been given yet. They've not even been spelled out. So this is not just a call to obedience. What is it? It's a call to trust. God is saying, if you want to be in relationship with me you're gonna to have to trust me you're gonna to have to trust me trust in the law trust in the words trust in the commands that i am giving to you this is for you this is for your good and for my glory so god in essence is saying what as they stand at the base of this mountain before we take a step further before we go any further before I say anything else to you, before I tell you any more, before I give you anything else, before I get you to the promised land, before I ordain you as priest, before I, before I formally adopt your sorry little, you know that he's what he's saying. He's saying, I've, I've got, got some things that I need to set straight. And tell you some things that you need to know. From this point forward, God is saying, What? I'm calling the shots. God is saying, I'm the one in charge. And God is saying, What? You? You have to promise. You have to commit. You have to covenant your faith and your obedience to me. In, 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 just, in just the very next chapter, we're going to hear what? There is one God and there is no one else. And you're to obey me. You're to love me. You don't have to have anyone, anything else before me. Do you realize that just as God called Israel to obedience and faith, God calls us to obedience and faith. Just as God calls Israel unto himself, God calls us unto himself in full obedience. Yeah, that just doesn't, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't sound very fun. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound very fair. So he gets to call like all of the shots? What about me? I got the 3.88, remember that? No, 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 no. Think back. Think all the way back. This, this is normal for us. Go to Genesis chapter 12. How this whole family, how this chosen nation got started. Do you remember this? In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. What? Future tense. You leave 
You take the step of faith and I'll, I'll show you then where you're going to go. Conditional and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What happened? Hebrews chapter 11, a testimony of faithfulness says this in verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And I love this. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That's very descriptive of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Hey, hey, Peter. Hey, James and John, why don't you drop everything and follow me? Well, where are we going? It doesn't matter. You just follow me. Hey, hey, Peter, you want to you come out of the boat and walk on water? You keep your eyes on me. Don't, don't look anyplace else. These are demonstrations of faith. At some point, Abraham, at some point, the disciples. And at this point, at this point, the Israelites are going to take a step of faith. Let's just stop from the narrative here of Exodus 19. Can I ask you a question? Have, have you made that type of commitment? Has there been a marked moment where, where you step out on faith, you step out in faith and saying what? You know what? Like my plans, my ideas, like my, my goals, my hopes, my dreams. Yeah, let's, let's put that and I am going to follow. I am all in. Has, has there been a point this morning this very day, this season, this horrible wilderness journey that we are, is an opportunity to commit. We see the response here from the nation Israel in verse 8, Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. They made a commitment. Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. I kind of love Moses like, hey, uh, God, just in case you didn't hear, I just want to let you know, they're good to go. Appreciate his efforts. What's interesting here is at the base of this mountain, it's God what conditionally says, if you want to be in relationship with me, then you must. And everyone, what? In the presence of God says, we're in. Whatever it is, we will do. This is referred to as living in quorum Deo. This phrase literally refers to something that takes place in the presence of or before the face of God. To live quorum Deo is to live one's entire life in the presence of God under the authority of God to the glory of God. You know, that's really what we are called to live in and live like. We live in the presence of and under the authority of. We live to the glory of God. We live quorum Deo. R.C. Sproul said it like this. The kind of faith that God blesses is the faith that is willing to leave everything behind for the sake of Christ Jesus. This may involve moving away from our comforts 
like Abraham did. But for most of us, it's more likely a faith that leads us to die to ourselves by putting others before our own needs as we endeavor to serve the Lord. Maybe that's the place of commitment that you need to be today, that you are at today. It says, rather than living for myself, I actually have to give consideration for others. And, and, giving, and living in consideration for others, I'm living what? Under the authority of God. I'm living for the glory of God. I'm living in faith. I'm living in obedience. Now, thankfully, as we trust, thankfully, we are not left alone in that. For Israel, we know that it will be impossible for them to keep every part of the law. I actually love the way that Matt Chandler says it. He says, Israel never did good with blessing. They tended to do real good with a whack to the side of the head. Their intentions are there. Their intentions are good, like our intentions are good. But being sustained in obedience... That's why, that's why we must today focus on Christ. We are not Israel, and Israel is not the church. But this is a wonderful reminder that what thankfully, because of and through Christ. You realize what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2? What he affirms, this is now New Testaments. Listen to this in verses 9 and 10. But you, you... Our chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now, now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Does that not sound, in 1 Peter chapter 2, sound very, very familiar? To Exodus chapter 19, that you're going to be what? A royal priesthood and a holy nation? We see first and foremost, there is what? There is a call to obedience. Secondly, in this text, we have a reason to tremble. A reason to tremble. Pick it up with me in verse 9. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Lord said to Moses... Behold, I'm coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And he shall set limits for the people all around saying, take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. Jump down to verse 18. Let's, let's see the scene before us. Now, now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln. And the whole mountain trembled greatly. 
And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. Oh, there is a scene before us. It really stems from actually a phrase that we read earlier in our text. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, God said what? All of the earth is mine. Just, just think of the statement for a moment. Like, what, what, we, what is ours? Like, we hold, like, okay, this is mine. God, God says this, all, everything is mine. This phrase stands out as one of the earliest direct statements of a monotheistic. But, which speaks of the fact that there's only one true God in all of the earth, in all of the universe. And now, in this scene, it is here that the one God is going to manifest himself. He is going to make known his glory with an awe-inspiring view of his holiness. Just, just again, place yourself Stood at the base of the Grand Canyon. I stood at Niagara. Impressive. Nothing. Nothing in comparison to this scene. Listen again and imagine just being there. Thunder and lightnings and thick clouds. It says that the people trembled. They literally began to shake. And the mountain was what? It was just covered in smoke. The Lord descended on it in fire and not just the people shook but the entire mountain began to tremble began to shake what a terrifying and yet at the same time what a glorious glorious scene remember the transcendence of god there's something within us there's something born within that we are drawn to we want to see we want to be close to that which is big that which is bigger that which is beyond us as we stand in the presence of god as we stand in a sense what cura deo we are to tremble literally tremble because we are sinners in the presence of a holy god we are I am condemned guilty because of my sin. They say when Jonathan Edwards was preaching one of his most famous sermons, sinners in the hand of an angry God, that, that as he was preaching, that as he was describing how people was, were so terrified, he's actually recording history, that they were holding on to their seats for fear that they would fall off into hell. They were trembling in the sight of. Impressive. You know, I was thinking, there's, there's, there's another mountain. You remember, there's, there's another mountain that Moses appeared on with Peter and James and John. Again, it was a, a mountain that was covered with cloud and there was a majestic voice from heaven that thunders. But, but this time we know that Jesus was there. Matthew chapter 7, Luke chapter 9, Mark chapter 9. 
all describe the Mount of Transfiguration when the Heavenly Father himself announced, this is my beloved Son. And Mark's account says what? What's the very next thing? This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. You listen to him. And the three disciples that were there, they were, they were, they were just shaking. Peter, oh, we love him. Hey, let's just camp out here for the rest of our lives. The three disciples saw glory. And as they get a glimpse of the, of the glory of God, just like Israel gets a glimpse of the glory of God, it's connected with what? Then you better listen. You better obey the voice of God. We are told exactly the same thing. That Peter, James, and John were told on Mount Transfiguration. We are told exactly the same thing that the Israelites were told from Mount Sinai. It really brings us what, in closing, we have to go back to this whole conditional language thing that we talked about earlier. If you do, and then there's going to be this long list of Old Testament law for the rest of Exodus and into Leviticus. And very quickly you will realize and you will very quickly determine, like, this is, this is impossible to do. Like the colors of threads and don't do this and you must, like this is impossible. Enter. Enter the one. Enter the only perfect one. Jesus. Who could do the impossible. I read just this week that what the Old Testament is when the sheep had to continually die for the shepherd. And in the New Testament, the shepherd dies for the sheep. I, I love that little simple summation. Which brings us what? We see a call to obedience. We see a reason to tremble. Thirdly and finally, we have a need. We, there is a need to trust. Today, more than ever before, I need to, you need to, we need to trust him. There's still conditions based upon salvation, but the conditions of our salvation are based entirely upon faith in Jesus, in his work. That's what it's based upon, not our own work. John chapter 3 verse 18 says, whoever believes in him, our condition of salvation, our condition of blessing... Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. It means what? That there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing I can do. We're already, we are already condemned. So there's no long list of things that we must complete or achieve or perfect to become what First Peter proclaims. How are we to become a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation? How are we to do that? So what do I do with this text? I want you to see these words in Romans chapter 8. I read them in closing. Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 1 through verse 4. There is therefore now it's present tense, right now. Today, this day, May, I don't even know what day it is in May, 20-something, 24th, 2020. 
The days blur together. But I know in scripture it says now, this moment. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Listen to this, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who now what? Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So there is a call to live. In obedience to the Spirit. You see this morning as we have the pages of God's word open up before us. So they're on our phone of Exodus chapter 19. We need to learn from this scene. Today we need to consider anew the greatness, the glory, the holiness of God. Give thought for a moment. How, how, how do you approach God in worship? How, how do you acknowledge God's perfect holiness? Are, are you trusting God to set the, um, set the parameters, the terms of your relationship? Or are you trying to set them yourself? You see, that's what we need to learn. Let me challenge you very quickly. You need to be first and foremost, you need to be willing to obey it's not going to go perfect. What Life is messy. God understands that. He's forgiven us. But we have to be willing to obey. We need to be eager to listen to God. Every single day. You don't dust off your Bible once a week, every other week. Every day. Lord, I need to hear from you. I'm eager and anxious to listen to this booming voice of ultimate authority. We need to be ready to trust. To trust God and, and consecrate. To set our hearts apart. To live what? In the presence of a holy God. Are you willing to do that? Have you done that? What, what an amazing opportunity this time is. To stand in the presence before a holy God. And be willing and anxious and ready to obey. Not, not so that we can win salvation. There's nothing we can do. But so we can obey. And trust. What Jesus Christ has done for us. This past week. Uh, my, one of my little nieces. I keep talking my little nieces. They're, they're grown up. They're married. They're having babies. But one of my nieces Courtney. Sent uh, one of those little clips. That you're able to watch. Um, TikTok. I like TikToks. I think it's TikTok. Um, and, 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 and it was it was interesting because what she did, brilliant, she has a, a little two and a half, three-year-old son. His name is Barrett. And, and, and she set Barrett at the table and she put two um, uh, pieces of candy, chocolate pieces of candy in front of him. And, 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 and mama was very clear. Now, Barrett, mommy has to go. Don't eat don't eat that candy. And, and of course, you know, she has the, the phone so you can see everything. And Mama has to go. You stay right here. Barrett, don't eat the candy. And, and she walks away. It is, 
It is adorable. He's kind of cute already. He's, he's connected to our family, so he's kind of cute. But, but he, he literally, he's looking at them in his eyes. Mama walks away, and his eyes get real big. And then he kind of just, he leans in, and he tries to smell, but it's too far away. So he, he picks one up. She did not, Mama did not say you can't touch it. She said don't eat it. And he picks one up, and he's, and he literally, he, and he puts it back down again. And then, and then he picks them both up. He's like, one, I'm not going to do it. Then he picks them both up. And he puts them in, he's like, ah, and puts them back down. And, and he folded his arms at the table, and he looked at them. And she left it running. And he did not eat those pieces of candy. I, it's right there. I mean, it looks good. And there's nobody, right? And it looks so good. You know, you know what? You know what I thought? I thought right here. You know what you and I need to be? Is a Barrett. That's what we need to be. That, this text reminds us. Well, it's right there. But there is clear instruction that we are to live what? We are called out. We are set apart for a purpose to live as holy lives. Why? Because we have the blessing of being in relationship with a holy God. Trust him this morning. See Jesus and only Jesus as the means that we, little tiny us, can be in relationship with the one, all-knowing, all-powerful, transcendent God. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. I, I love you. I love your word. I love the way that you, you choose us. Not, not only do you choose us, but you chase us. You chase after us so that we can be in relationship with you. And we, we know, Lord, that in and of ourselves, we are just, we are, we are cooked. We are beyond dead, guilty in our sins. And so we, we are reminded of the person of Jesus the Son of God who, who does the impossible, lives a perfect, sinless life, that he dies so that we can live. Lord, living in faith and trusting is, is hard. We can't see what tomorrow holds. We can't see what, what next week, next month. But Father, may our commitment today be, whatever it is, whatever it is, you want from us, we will do. But we need your strength, and we ask for that strength. We ask this in the amazing and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen.